<laughs> Good? All righty. Um, well, he's, he was talking over here about Psalm 81 being having warnings and boundary lines. And as I was going through here, I didn't see warnings. I didn't see negativity. I saw promises, and I saw positivity. Um, I saw this as like an upper, um, you know, something to, to rejoice in, uh, to be refreshed by, um, always to be reminded of what God is and what he uh, wants of us, but um, in that positive, joyful, happy place where, you know, he tells us what his promises are. You know, he tells us what he is going to do for us. Um, and all we have to do is follow him, you know. Uh, so Psalm 81. Um, Psalm 81 is a psalm of Asaph. Um, when I was up here last, I did Psalm 82, also a psalm of Asaph. Um, talked about him being a musician. Um, he's not a priest. He's not a government official. Um, you know, he's a, he's a member of their worship, and he, he has importance inside of their community, but he's not, you know, one of the leaders, you know. I think I referred to him before as kind of middle management. Um, so, he, you know, he's, he's not everything. He's not high up. He doesn't have all of the fancy clothes and all of those things. He doesn't have the crown of a king, but God still used him um, often. Um, and in some of these Psalms of Asaph, it's, you know, not entirely sure if he is the author of it, if someone from his family was the author of it, uh, if one of the people in his group was the author of it. Um, but like the, the other one, this one is probably from him, um, himself. Um, Psalm 81 also, um, before we read it, um, this would have been something that was sung um, in the beginning of the Feast of Tabernacles, almost like an invitation, invocation. Um, for what they were going into and how they were to worship and, uh, you know, beginning that um, time of celebration. Um, so here we go. Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Raise a song. Sound the tambourine, the sweet lyre, and with the harp. Blow the trumpet at the new moon, at the full moon on our feast day. For it is a statute for Israel, a rule of the God of Jacob. He made it a decree in Joseph when he went out over the land of Egypt. I hear a language I had not known. I relieved your shoulder of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. In distress you called and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear, O my people, while I admonish you, O Israel, if you would but listen to me. There shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. I am the Lord your God, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe towards him, and their fate would last forever. But he would feed you with the finest of the wheat, and with the honey from the rock I would satisfy you. So this psalm is basically breaking up into two sections. Um, the first five verses um, are from the psalmist, um, an introduction, 
reasons for praise, how we should go to God. And then verses 6 through the end is uh, as a sermon that God is giving himself to his people. Um, So starting with the beginning, verses um, 1 through 3, sing aloud to God, shout for joy to the God of Jacob, raise a song. Three times he discusses um, how we should worship. It's not, sorry, my mother's texting me. It's all good. He tells us how we are to go to worship to him and what's important. And over again, he says, to sing, to shout, to raise a song. That is to us collectively what we're commanded of him to do. We are commanded to sing and sing together. Um, After that, he mentions instruments. He mentions the tambourine, the lyre, the harp. Instruments are there to accompany, but what is first is the singing. It is our voices that he desires. It is our voices that he wants to hear, and it is from us and our voices that we should be singing praises to God. Um, We should be singing with exuberance. We should be singing with passion. We should be singing as if we are singing to God himself because that is what he commands us to do. Um, That is what should be in our hearts to sing to God. And while, while we sing to each other with psalms and spiritual songs and hymns to admonish one another, that's a secondary purpose. Our primary purpose of gathering together is to worship him, the God, the Almighty, um, and that is what he commands us to do, to sing all of us together. Going on, he goes... Um, Verses 4 and 5, for it is a statute for Israel, a rule of the God of Jacob. He made it a decree. Um, Well, what is it? You know, for it it is a statute for Israel. you know, with the, with the references that this psalm has to coming out of Egypt with the Exodus, um, I think the first thing that pops to mind when they talk about a statute, they talk about laws, they think about the Ten Commandments. Right, um, But what is it in this psalm? It is going back to those first three verses. It is that worship that he is commanding us to do. It is the singing that he would have us have. It is the shouts they would have us have. Um, but that worship is a statute. That worship is a law. That worship is required. And while he is there in Exodus, included in those commandments, he goes over and over and over again how he would have us worship him um, to his pleasure, Um, not to our own, but to his. These are rules that he would have us have. when I was in college, I did a study through Exodus dealing just with worship, and all the notes from that I've kept in one of my Bibles since then. So whenever I flip through Exodus or I'm reading through it, they always pop up and I always see it. Um, and in my notes that I have there, it mentions um, verses that says, that they may serve me. It mentions 13 times in my notes that I have, and I'm sure it mentions it more often than that throughout those things. Or that um, Moses or the people or the priests there, um, they do as the Lord commanded um, over 10 times in my notes there. And some of it's, you know, big stuff, you know, worship the Lord your God. Um, But even little things, the garments of the priests, the colors of the fabric of the tabernacle, where stones should be laid for the worship of him, he commands specifically what he desires and what he wanted for his people to do. Um, 
and you know, in the Ten Commandments, the first four, you know, as a whole, they are good for us to follow, and they bring glory to God when we follow those things. But in those first four, they're also how we should approach Him and how we are to worship Him as an all, you know, a holy, omniscient God. Um, you shall have no other idols. You shall worship me and me alone. You shall not use my name in vain. You shall keep the Sabbath day holy and use it as a time to worship him. Um, he is very particular about what he wants his people to do. Um, and it serves for us, you know, in the Old Testament, a lot of people, they say, you know, well, that's, that's then. That's the temple. That's the tabernacle. Those are the sacrifices. But, but what does that have to do to us? It's, they all lead to Christ. Uh, they all lead to Christ. Um, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, um, Christ is our Passover sacrifice. You know, all of those things of worship that God commands of the Old Testament, they're leading towards that moment when Christ is our sacrifice, that he fulfills all of those requirements, um, that through him we keep the feast, um, and we are to keep that feast with sincerity and truth in how we worship um, Okay, moving on to part two. In God's sermon, um, how he tells us his promises to us. Again, why I saw this as such an upper. Um, in verses six and seven, I relieved your shoulder of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. In distress you called and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Um, this is, you know, he has freed us from slavery. He freed the Israelites from slavery, literally, in Egypt. He freed them from being under the thumb of Pharaoh. He freed them from that burden. And he also frees us from that burden of sin that exists on us. Um, through Christ, he has freed us from that slavery. And he has rescued us, that we are no longer slaves to sin. But we live now in the freedom that we have Christ um, there. Um, the people called and he delivered them. Um, over and over and over again throughout the Bible, it tells us to call on his name. If my people would call on me, I would deliver them. And here we see that faithfulness of God that his people called and he heard their cries. And as he heard those cries, he was faithful and he answered them and he delivered them. Um, but in that, in that joyous moment, there's a, there's a reminder here that his people are not always faithful. Um, this mention, I tested you at the waters of Mirabah. Um, in Exodus, as the Israelites are, are, have left Egypt and they're going through Sinai, you know, they've seen the, the plagues that God has brought down in Egypt. They saw um, the power of the Passover and they saw how God protected them. Um, he saw them lead them away from Pharaoh. He saw them part the Red Sea. When they got past that, he, he has already provided them with water in the desert. He has provided them from manna from heaven. And then again, they reach to a point where there's not water and they lose their faith so quickly. Um, but he, he remains faithful to them. Um, and Meribah, he's there and they complain to Moses that there is no water and says that, you know, you have led us to our death you know, again, you know, commented they should just go back to Egypt because under slavery in Egypt, they were safe. Um, and their God provides water from a stone. Um, should, you know, reminding the people there that he is almighty and that he is powerful and that he will protect his people. Um, he will always provide by 
what he says he will do. He will keep his promises. He will keep his commands. Um, even when his people don't, he is always there um, doing what he says he is going to do. Verses um, ten th- 8 through 10. Hear, O my people, while I admonish you. O Israel, if you would but listen to me, there shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Um, Again, this is a promise. If you would listen to me, you know, it's, it's not a warning here that, you know, listen to me or, you know, Please don't, you know, don't worship those foreign gods. You're not supposed to do that. It's a promise that if you listen to me and allow me to admonish you and take that learning into your heart, not just hearing, but listening to it, that there will be no foreign gods. His people will remain faithful if they stay with him. You know, if they listen to what he has to say, if they follow what he teaches, if they follow their, you know, the, the word that there's no reason to worry about those things. You don't, you're not going to have to worry about idols. You'll not have to worry about foreign gods in your land. You don't have to worry about those things coming up and causing problems and causing division among you. All you have to do is listen to me, and everything will be all right. Um, you know, open your mouth and I will fill it. If you want it, I'm going to give it to you. You know, if you seek knowledge of me, I will provide it. You know, I give you my word and I give you the means of understanding it. It's right here. This is all you have to do. Um, but do we? Did they, you know, uh, and, you know, unfortunately it's no, um, both in the sense of Israel there and, and us now. We don't stay in his word. We don't stay and listen to him all the time as we should. And so we go into verses 11 and 12, but my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts stubborn hearts, to follow their own counsels. Uh, this is you know, very similar to what Paul says in Romans 1, talking about the people. The people have the law written on their hearts, and they know God, and they know the power of God, and they have everything they need to, to go to him, but they don't. They knew God, but they did not honor him. They worshiped their own idols, and God gave them over to their own desires. God will give you over to what you, what you seek. You know, if you, if you seek sin, God will turn you over to that sin. If you seek evil, God will turn you over to that evil. Um, if, you, if you seek other gods, if you seek idols, God will turn you over to those things. Um, and that is, that is not where we want to be. We do not want to be on that side of God's justice. We don't want to be on that side of God's command, individually or corporately. Um, and said that you know this this point here could apply to so many places in Israel's history. Um, it can apply to so many places in our own individual history. You know, we think back through our lives. We've all had a time when we were opposed to God, um, but praise to Him and and thanks for His grace that that He has given us through His grace uh, faith in Him that He has given us Christ and that Christ knows His sheep and He shall keep them forever. Um, that though we may wander, he holds us fast, that he holds us tight and he knows who we are, that he will pull us back um, you know, into his fold when we wander. Um, praise God, uh, praise his grace that, that he has given that to us. 
And then uh, ending here, verses 13 through 16. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe towards him, and their fate would last forever. But he would feed you with the finest of the wheat, and with the honey from the rock I would satisfy you. Uh, again, you know, after, after that mentions of the people going their own ways, he calls again to the people to listen to me. You know, oh, that my people would listen to me, and Israel would walk in my ways, all would be well, you know. Even after their sin, he calls them back again. He is keeping, you know, keeping his promises. He is keeping his commands. You know, the covenant that he made, he will do all that he says that he will do. You know, whether we, we do or not, he is, he is faithful. You know, always and through all things. So I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. You know, so it, you know, Israel exists in a land that's hostile to them. You know, they're surrounded by people that would that would that would do harm to them, the the Philistines and and the Phoenicians and and others around them, um, and the the Canaanites. And throughout their history, they're always tormented by these opposing forces, by these foreign lands, by these foreign gods. But always occurs when Israel refuses to follow him. When they are faithful, he is faithful to them. You know. When they are not, he turns them over to that sin. And they're punished for that sin. Um, but they're brought back. He said he always preserves a remnant. He said they're, they're captured and sent to Babylon. But over in Babylon, some are preserved and they come back to Israel again. You know, he, he, he gives what he has promised uh, to his people and he gives what is promised to us. You know, as long as, as we remain faithful to him. Those who hate the Lord would cringe toward him. Um, so there's a couple you know, parts in here in the, the NASB, the New American Standard. The, the phrasing here almost seems like um, there's a false assurance part of this also. So it's not just those that oppose God openly and, and strongly, and they, they walk up to God and they say no. Um, there's also a sense here of those people who who believe, you know, in their mind these words, but they don't worship him in truth. They don't worship him in spirit. Um, are also going to have that moment when they're going to cringe because they they're not faithful. They don't have that faith towards God. Um, and so, you know, they cringe um, as you should, you know, in that moment when when. Christ returns or that moment when you stand in judgment before him. Um, if, you, if you are not with Christ and Christ is not with you, if you, if you are not one of your sheep, his sheep, um, you will certainly cringe and that, that fate is forever. Um, and again, he ends again with his promises, but he would feed you with the finest of the wheat and with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. Um, going back to before, when he brought the water out of the stone, this time even greater blessings upon you, not just water but honey, if you would just listen to him, um, if you would just come to him, if you would you know, follow his word, if you would listen to what he says, if you would follow his commandment, if you would worship him in spirit and truth, all these things are promised to you. you know, the, it's just, it brings joy so to know that, that it's, it's laid out there 
that his faithfulness is laid out there. Um, and it seems so basic, you know, but we all know how difficult these things can be, um, how difficult it can be to stay in his word and to stay in his ways and to ensure through all things that you were listening to him and that you were hearing him and that you were learning from him as he would have you do. All right, we're going to go here for a moment of some prayer. Um, a couple things here to pray about as we go back through this text. Um, first off, starting with these, these first portions, these first verses dealing with worshiping him, the singing joyfully, exuberantly, passionately. Um, let us go to him and pray that when we worship, we worship him fully, we worship him for who he is. We worship him faithfully. continuing, give thanks to him for what he has done for you. He said, in distress you called and I delivered you. Give thanks to God for what he has done. Go to him for what you need, for those worries, for those pains, so to ensure that your will aligns with him and call on him and and be delivered. said, go to him in repentance. Seek what you are doing that has you going your own way. Ask to remove the stubbornness in you.
finally, say give thanks to him for the grace that he has shown to you. Pray that he would have you walk in his ways. Pray that he would give you ears to hear, that you can listen to his word and follow what he'd have you do. Lord, thank you for all that you do for us, and thank you for the promises that you've made and that you've kept and you continue to keep. Thank you for the word that you've given us that we can seek you and know you and know what you would have us do. Through this word and through this grace, you, you give us faith. You give us faith, faith and you keep us that we can stay with you, that we can follow what you'd have us do, that we can be strong through you, that we can worship you. And in worshiping you, give you glory while uplifting ourselves and bringing us closer to you also, Lord, that we can have strength. Lord, keep us in, our, in your word. Keep us in your word that we would know what you'd have us do, that we can stay strong. For when we stay in your word, we will not stray. We stay in your word, we will go on, on your path. Those sins will, will stay away from us, Lord, if, if we can, can keep your commands. Lord, help us do those things. Lord, also thank you for the grace you have shown us. Thank you for your son. Thank you for that ultimate Passover sacrifice that you've provided to us to allow us to be in communion with you, Lord. For you know that, that we, as people, as man, as sinners, without the work of Christ, could have no part of you. Lord, keep us in your ways. Keep us in your word. Fill us. Fill us always with your teaching. Allow us to be strong in the world around us. Allow us to be strong as temptation comes towards us. Allow us to be strong in your word. Then we can be as faithful as you'd want us to be, as you command us to.